uh, as we go through life, we can look around at our situations and we see where you don't have the same car that you had 30 years ago, do you? Some close to 40 years ago, right? right. Cars change, don't they? New improvements, things happen. We got all those nice, wonderful features. I love some of those cars from the 1960s. I'm just a big fan of the 1960s with muscle cars and all that. And if you ever see one of those cars, they only have a couple little knobs. You're lucky it has a heater. You're lucky it has an air conditioner and maybe AM radio. That's kind of it. And everything's just kind of sparse. You know? Now we got all the seat warmers and the liquid stuff and all that good stuff. You know, it's great. Also, in our kitchens, you look around, you probably don't have the same kitchen you had 30, 40, 50 years ago. You may, but you may not. The improvements are out there. Nice appliances that now talk to you, you know? And they, they, they can you want to make sure. control on your phone and program to do different things. Appliances, furniture, paint color, clothing. We're not wearing the same clothes most of us that we wore 30 or 40 years ago, right? You know, we don't have see any bell bottom jeans and polyester in this place today. You just don't see it, you know? Things change, styles change, and then things move forward, right? The old saying, I'm here from an eight-man that you no more polyester, right? Amen. Great, man. Yeah. Wouldn't have stopped the wind. You're freaking Things we have for a while, they break, they wear out. We just get new stuff. New, more improved things are invented to replace the old ones. We can look back and see how we replaced a lot of things. We've updated a lot of things in our life over the years. That's time before we go on. But sometimes it's good to be reminded that what works work in our walk with Christ still works today. We say it again. What once worked in our walk with Christ still works today. Sometimes we need to be reminded that the weapons that God has given us to fight our spiritual battle last year, 10 years ago, 50 years ago, those weapons are just as valid and just as effective and just as powerful today. Sometimes it takes an old sword to slay new giants. It may be a different fight than we're in today. But it's the same weapons that the Lord has given us to use. We all know the story of the shepherd boy David. His ascent to the kingship took some time. He went through from the remote fields where he tended his flock to the throne where he led God's chosen people. But as a teenage David, before he was king, he was a newly anointed king. Samuel went and anointed him after he went through all of his brothers. And then he was called, uh, not really called, but he showed up when Goliath the giant was taunting the rest of the armies of Israel. And we know that with this slingshot and a single stone of the handful that he picked up, he swung that rock, and it landed right here in the soft spot of Goliath's forehead and knocked him dead. He was dead by a little stone. But have you thought through this a little bit about that, uh, that David actually cut the head of Goliath off yes. with his own, with Goliath's own sword? That's part of the story, too. And that's the part that I want to focus on this morning. Let me read you, if you're in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 51, let me just read this Interesting scripture to you. This is where we're going to unpack it from this morning. It says, David ran over to him and stood over him, Goliath. He was laid there dead. And he took hold of the Philistine's sword, drew from the sheath, and after he killed him with the stone, his sling, he cut off the head of Goliath with Goliath's sword. And when the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. 
So we all know that part of the story where they just turn around and Dave's like, man, good job. Everybody's like, David, good job, you dude. You're the man. So immediately, though, in that, you know, in the rest of the story, and just fast forward here, Saul became immediately jealous of David and was threatened by David and desired to kill David from that point on. Several attempts at David's life by Saul. And a few years passed, several failed attempts on David's life life took place. And eventually, if you fast forward to 1 Samuel chapter 20, you can read the story uh, at home, David ran for his life from Saul. This is not the main part of what I want to talk about this morning, although it does lead us to this main part. So stay with me because I'm building a foundation here where we're going this morning. At 1 Samuel chapter 21, I want to ask you this question because uh, we see, I can't let this part go away because David ran for his life from Saul. So I want to ask you this question. David ran for his life from Saul. Have you ever been in a situation where you're desperate, where you're struggling and all that in your life? The answer is, for all of us, absolutely yes. So here's the question I want to ask you. Where do you run when you're in trouble? Where do you run when you're in trouble? You go to the bar? You go to an addiction? You go to a wrong relationship? Where do you run? What do you run to? What thing or person do you run to when you're in trouble? What's your go-to when things start to go south in your life? The world has a lot of options. And really Satan has happened to dangle in front of them any of those to keep you bound and fearful and distracted and confused. Satan doesn't care which one you will run to, take your pick. One is just as good as another as far as he's concerned. David could have run to his fellow warriors and coalesced an army to attack Saul. He was within his rights. He was anointed king. It was time he could have taken matters into his own hands and done that. But he didn't. David could have run to his family for protection and provision and assurance. He had a dad named Jesse and lots of brothers, and they were doing pretty good. He could have gone to that, tapped into that resource, but he didn't. David could have run to a number of places and people to help him through his tough spot. He had the resources. He had the connections. Absolutely. And thank God, by the way, for friends and family and resources that help us in our tough times. I'm so thankful for for family. I'm so thankful for the body of Christ. I'm so thankful for the resources that we have. Amen? Amen. But David's instinct, his first choice, his his go-to, tells us a lot about his heart and where he placed his dependence. So, where did he run? We read in 1 Samuel chapter 21, where he ran he ran into a town called Nob. If you look at it, it looks like Nob, but it's Nob, N-O-B. Now this town, Nob, was a town of priests. It wasn't just a town where a few priests lived, but it was actually a town of priests. It's almost like a monastery, you would think today, something like that, where you walk in, and it's just nothing but priests. It was just this big old town, uh, a little actually town filled with priests. There was dozens of priests who lived there. There was a place where God's presence was cultivated and revered. And there was this temple that was there where sacrifices to God and worship to him took place. So we see here that when David was in trouble, he ran to God's house, to God's presence, to where God was. He ran to God. In David's darkest days, when he was struggling the most, David ran to the temple of God Almighty. And this temple of God is just a building, by the way, like where we are today. 
David ran to the temple, not just a place, but it, he ran to a temple really that represents where he could be God. He ran to God. I, I don't know about you, but I've been in situations, and there have been a lot of times in my life where I couldn't wait for Sunday to roll around so that I could just get to church that I could come to the altar, that I could get into his presence where there's strength and that healing and that encouragement in his presence takes place. Let me understand what I'm talking about. Something about God's house. But also keep in mind that God's temple isn't just a building. These four walls cannot contain God's presence. These four walls cannot contain his ability to minister to the hurting and to the needy hearts. God doesn't dwell in a building. He dwells in you and he dwells in me. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? And that God's spirit dwells in your midst? Turn to someone this morning and say, God dwells in me. Now turn to someone else and say, I am God's temple. You see, as God's living temple wherever you go, God is with you, living in you, going with you wherever you go. So I want you to keep that in mind as you face your struggles, that you don't need to wait until Sunday. This is a great place to be, and the altars are open, and we're here to pray with you and meet together with God on your behalf, and certainly all that is good and fine, and we need it. But don't wait until Sunday. If you're struggling tonight, if you're struggling tomorrow morning, if you're struggling sometime this week, you don't have to wait until Sunday rolls around. You don't have to, you don't, I mean, you, you, God is right there. He's a very present help in time that needs you. You don't need to wait until Sunday to receive ministry and help from God in your time of need. You can run to Him anytime. And you can run to Him any place. So let me just unpack a little bit what David received as he went to God's house, to his presence, to his place where he met up with God. He ran to God. What can we experience from God? And again, this is kind of a setup into where I'm going here, because the last thing on this list is where I really want to go. But the rest of it, the first part of it, is just as important. I want, to, I want you to write down this stuff as, you're, as I'm reading it off to you. There's a list that will be on the screen. Some of the things that David experienced he received when he ran to God. Some of the things that David received when he ran to God. The first one is this. It's kind of a fancy little word. It says sustenance. It means that it's, he was fed. Sustenance. Provision. David, if you read the story, and I'm not going to get into the story as far as reading the scriptures, but you can look at that later, but I'm going to pack this as we go. You'll see that David, he met up with this priest named Ahimelech. And Ahimelech gave David the consecrated bread, the holy bread, the bread that was set apart, sanctified before God, the bread of life. John 6, 32 and 35 says it this way. Jesus said, very, very truly, I tell you, it's not Moses who's giving you the bread from heaven. In other words, he's saying, it's not just Moses who gives you manna, but it's my Father who gives you true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives the life to the world. And then they answer, sir, I, I, give us that bread. We always want that bread. Won't you give it to us? And then Jesus, man, he makes his big old statement that we can stand on the day and say, thank God. Jesus says, I am the bread. I am the consecrated bread. I am the living bread. I am the one that provides for you life. I am the one that provides for you provision. I am the bread of life. And if you come to me, you're never going to go hungry. Amen. And whoever, if you believe in me, you'll never be thirsty. As we all, in our time of struggle, 
need to understand as we turn to God, we need to understand that everything that we need is found in Christ. Our provision, whatever it is, is found in Christ. I'm thankful for his word that sustains us. I'm thankful for his word that sustains us. His word is held to our bones. All we need is word, his presence. His presence sustains us. When you're going, where you're going, in your struggle, Jesus is there with you. His presence sustains you. His life brings you strength for your journey. He satisfies our hunger in a way that no other can. Jesus. Jesus is our consecrated, set-apart, holy bread of life who brings us life. That's what David received, and it was a symbol of what we received when we received Jesus. He also received protection. The priest Ahimelech gave David a place of refuge, a place to hide. A place called a sanctuary. A sanctuary is not just a building, but it's actually an act. I am receiving sanctuary. I'm receiving, back in the old days, back in the medieval days, back in, the, in Europe when the, when the Catholic Church was, was the church, and people would run into the Catholic Church and receive sanctuary protection. If they were running from the law, they were in trouble, they went into the church, shut the door behind them, and the people that were after them would go in there after them. That's Quasimodo was the guy. And other people like that. You know the story that the hunchback would run today? It's not just a place, it's actually an act. I receive sanctuary. Psalm 91, verses 1 through 7. Let this roll over you. Just close your eyes and let me just minister this to you. It's up on the screen, but it doesn't matter. Just let these words roll over you. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In whom I will trust. Surely he will save you from the bowers snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies. By day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand may fall at your right side, but it will not come near you. In this time that we're living, when we're hearing about famine and inflation and pestilence and lack and all of that, I'll say it again. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the night, nor the plague that destroys at midday. If you dwell in the shelter of the Most High and rest in the shadow of the Almighty, He will be your refuge and He will be your fortress. I love the uh, the visual of that he covers us with his feathers and under his wings we're going to find refuge. Aren't you thankful that today Jesus covers us? Yeah. He covers us, but we have to rest under it. We keep be announcing out there, we're worrying out there, and all afraid to get panicky. Stop it! Yeah. Run to God and run under his protection and under his shelter. There you will find peace. There you will find 
of protection. There you will find a place to hide, a place of refuge, and a sanctuary when all seems like it's lost. It's Jesus who saves us from certain destruction. All around may be seeking sand, but we stand firm on the foundation of Jesus Christ, our solid rock. Amen? Amen. He causes the place that they're designed to destroy us to pass over us. Jesus creates an impenetrable shield for us against our enemies. Jesus is our sanctuary. Run to him. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This applies to you today. I'll say it again. You don't need to fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day. That's not the stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. If you dwell in the shelter of the Most High, under the shadow of His wings, and rest in the Almighty, He'll be your refuge and your strength. And a thousand may fall at your sides, and thousands at your right side, but it will not come near you. Hallelujah. Put your name there. That's you this morning. And to me. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus! Ahimelech also gave David instruction. He spoke into David's life during this interaction that he had with David. He wanted to make sure that David was doing the right things in honoring God with his life choices. That's that that goes on in church, doesn't it? That goes on in God's presence. When you get around God's presence, when you get around God, He's gonna He's gonna lovingly correct you. He's going to lovingly instruct you. He's going to love in you, point you in the right direction towards holiness and purity and righteousness, isn't he? He's going to make sure that he exposes those things in our lives that are not pleasing to him, that don't align with his word, that are not our best in him. Isaiah 2.3 says, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, God's presence, to the temple of God of Jacob. There he will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. That talks about the presence of God again, and that talks about his instruction. That talks about what he wants to to give us as Jesus being our great high priest, by the way, instructs us by his Holy Spirit. He instructs us by his word. The high priest, our great high priest, Jesus Christ, is our instructor. He calls out our sin. He calls us to the foot of the cross again, where we die daily to our flesh and commit to live for him. Mm. His words, a lamp to our feet, a light to our path so that we may not stumble when we take those steps, but we walk steps that are sure in him. It's only his instruction that we can follow in our lives. There's a lot of instruction out there. A lot of books to read. Folks, if it doesn't line up with God's word, throw it out. You better stick with God's word. Stick with God's word. Make sure it lines up with what God's word says. But our great high priest will teach us what we need to know. He gives us instruction to make sure that we're living right. How you doing today? Are you living right? If you're not, the Holy Spirit, if you go right to his presence, he'll say, work on that. I'll help you with it. Again, it's the tag-alongs. are always going to be there. But he's going to help us to say, think on the whatsoevers. When David was there too, he also received comforts. From Ahimelech. He received love and compassion from Ahimelech, the high priest. He rested in the confidence that David would be loved and cared for in God's presence. First, uh, 2 Corinthians verses, uh, chapter 1, verses 3 and 4 says this. 
Praise be to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of, say that with me, compassion. Second Corinthians. Okay, Second Corinthians. Okay, you can't say it with me because it's not up there. I'll say it for you. Just ignore that. Take that down. Yeah. Praise be to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Say that with me. Compassion. Say all comfort. That's who our God is. He's a God of compassion. And he's a God of some comfort, most comfort, a little comfort, all comfort. What? He comforts us in all situations. That's what it says. He comforts us in all troubles so that we can comfort those in trouble with the comfort that we receive ourselves from God. See, I love that part because it's not just, God, I'm going to run to you so I can get some comfort. He says, all right, I'm going to give you some comfort. Now I take, I need you to take that comfort and give it to someone else. I need you to be a representative of me. I need you to be an extension of me. I'm going to comfort you. And you can be assured that I'm going to comfort and love you, accept you. But you better pour that back out to somebody else. Don't keep it to yourselves. I'm so thankful that the Bible says he'll never leave us or forsake us. Aren't you thankful that Jesus will never leave you? He'll never forsake you. Just like what Lorenzo said, no matter what you've done, he's always there saying, I'm here. I'm here. I love you. That's never going to change. I'm, I, I just want to assure you, you can be confidently, you can be confident, you can rest and be comforted in him no matter what. No matter what you've done. No matter what struggles you're going through. Nothing's too big for him. Nothing's impossible with God. You come to him and say, God, this is huge for me. It's overwhelming me. He says, let me bring you comfort. Let me hide you under the shelter of my wing. Let me cause and give you some rest. And as we're comforted, how many knows there's a lot of people? that need to also be comforted with that same comfort that we experienced in Christ. And that's really sharing the gospel, isn't it? That's sharing the good news. Finally, and here's the last thing that I want to jump from into where we're going here this morning, and that is that Ahimelech gave him some weaponry. If you read the story, Ahimelech had a sword in his possession. It was there in the temple. But it wasn't just any sword. And here's where we're going to come back now to the story of David and Goliath. As a teenage, David cut the head of Goliath off with Goliath's own sword. That same sword happened to be there in the temple where Ahimelech was and where David showed up. It wasn't just any sword. It was the sword that killed Goliath. It was Goliath's sword. That same sword that David used to cut the giant's head off was the sword Ahimelech happened to have in all of the places in in Israel that David showed up. Ephesians 6.11 says this, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. I want you to know that Jesus has given us this full armor so that we can take our stand against the devil and win. You have been made, the Bible says, more than a what? Conqueror. Who? Through who? Through Jesus Christ. It's not on your own strength. He's given us the weapons of our warfare. He fights the battles for us, but he, acts, he, he expects us to engage with the process and with the battle. Now, I, I, and this is really what I want us to focus on this morning because we're springboarding now into where I really feel like the Lord wants to remind us again. I, I, I just, put yourself in David's mind. So here. I can just imagine what was going on in David's mind as he picked up that sword. I can't believe it. I remember this sword. I recognize it very clearly. I, he obviously didn't know that the sword was there. 
he apparently lost track of it. I don't know. Someone that day when he killed, when he cut off Goliath's head with that sword, someone probably saw the significance of it while David was being carted away celebratory wise. And someone said, I'm going to pick up this sword. I got to do something with it. And it ended up with Ahimelech in the town of Nob in a temple. Okay. Someone saw the significance of it and took it there to him. It was preserved in God's house. And at the right moment, there it was again for David. And David probably flashed back to the day that he killed the giant. Against all odds, there Goliath lay, his head severed from his body by his own sword, firmly grasped by the underdog David. He probably heard ringing in his ears the chants of the people as they were cheering, Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. It, went, it brought him back to that, to that big day. To that important day, to that pivotal day, not only in David's life, but in the life of the nation. But now here's David a bit older, a bit wiser, and he was facing a new challenge, running for his life from Saul. And in front of him was a new fight with a different enemy. Yet even though the fight and the enemy were different, he still had that same sword. As I said at the beginning of our time here today, God brings these struggles into our life to remind us that it takes an old sword to slay new giants. Say it again. It takes an old sword to slay new giants. The weapons God provided for us in the past, they still work today. There's nothing new, the Bible says, under the sun. We can run from seminar to seminar and read book after book and we can buy and try the latest spiritual gizmos being offered by the hottest TV evangelist. But I'm here to tell you today that what worked back then still works today. Amen. That same sword you were holding in your hand back then, it still works today. It's just as sharp. It's just as effective. It's just as powerful. If you read the story in 1 Samuel verse, verse 9 of chapter 21, uh, David said to Ahimelech, there is none like it. Give it to me. Ahimelech said to David, if you want it, take it. There's no sword here but that one. It's the only one I got. I hope it's good for you. And his response was, there's none like it. Are you kidding me? I'll take it. So today I say to you the very same thing. If you want it, take it. There's no sword here but that one, and there is none like it. And I might add, it's the only sword that you'll ever need. The same sword that you used back then to kill those giants in your day 10 years ago, 50 years ago, or yesterday. It's the same sword you need today. It's just as powerful. So, what are some other things about this? This is where I want to go. Now, write this, write this down. There's some stuff. What are the same weapons that God gave us back then that are just as powerful today? I'll tell you, the name of Jesus is one of them. The name of Jesus is just as powerful today as it was back then when he saved you. When you called on his name back in the day. When you called on his name and he washed you clean from your sins, you called on the name of Jesus, didn't you? When you were in trouble back then, years ago, and you needed rescue, whose name did you call on? It was not Ghostbusters. It was the name of Jesus that you called on. There's still power in the name of Jesus. Say the name of Jesus with me. Demon.
can still tremble at that name, the name of Jesus. Say the name of Jesus with me. Tongues are still going to confess and knees will bow that he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Say the name of Jesus with me. Bodies are healed. Souls are saved. And all authority is in the mighty name of Jesus. There's still power in that name. There's still power in that name. If you're facing a battle today, the same weapon you used back then is still powerful today. Speak the name of Jesus at your struggles, into your struggles, over your struggles, and walls will collapse. The enemy will flee. Lies will be dispelled. Shackles will fall off. And the evil plans of the enemy will backfire when you speak the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's still power in the name of Jesus. The same weapon that worked back then is still works today. Different fights, same weapons. I'm so thankful for this other weapon that the Lord has given me is His blood. The blood of Jesus. That same blood that cleansed you from your sins back then is still cleansing and is just as thoroughly cleansing today and is completely cleansing today as it did back then. That same blood that rescued you from an eternity in hell back then still rescues you today. It has not lost its potency. The same blood that Jesus shed on the cross of Calvary is still the same blood that God sees covering you and me today. It's not diminished. It's not thinned out. It's not lost its power. That blood is on the doorpost of your heart today and is still keeping the death angel from entering in. His blood brings us and those around us life and abundant life on the earth and eternal life in heaven. The same weapon that worked back then still works today. How many is thankful for the blood of Jesus? It's a different fight, but it's the same weapons. I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit this morning. Ah, oh, the Spirit of Christ is just as powerful back then as it, today as it was back then. The same Spirit that filled you then fills you today. I'll say it again. The same Spirit that filled you. Remember that first encounter you had with the Holy Spirit? Oh, He's still in your heart today. It's just as powerful now as it was back then. The same Spirit that empowered you back then empowers you today. The same Spirit that gave you boldness back then gives you boldness today. The same Spirit that gave you discernment back then gives you discernment today. The same Spirit that guided you and strengthened you and comforted you and instructed you and convicted you back then still does all of that just as effectively and faithfully today. I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit. How about you? Hallelujah for the Holy Spirit. The same weapon that worked back then still works today. Different fight. Same weapons. So thankful for His Word today. I'm so thankful for the Word of God today. God's Word is our two-edged sword that slices and dices up all of the lies of the enemy. God's Word is always a now word for us today. As we center ourselves 
in, on, and around it. God's word is just as powerful today as it was back then. The same promises that Jesus made for us back then that we stood on in our lives back then are the same promises that we can stand on today. The same authority in his word that we spoke out back then is still filled with that same authority today. The same truth that we built our love upon back then is still the same truth that we build on today. God's word is just as powerful today as it was back then. Amen. How many is thankful for God's word? God's word is solid. God's word is dependable. God's word is all powerful. God's word is the ultimate authority. And the Bible says it's the only thing that's going to last forever. Heaven and earth, the Bible says, are going to pass away. But my words will last forever, he says. How many is thankful for God's word today? Amen. It's the same weapon that worked back then. It still works today. Different fight. Same weapons. Prayer and fasting. God's given us prayer and fasting. Many of us don't use prayer. Most of us don't use fasting, but it's weapons that he's given us. The prayers you prayed back then are just as powerful today. Do not think that you and your prayers that you've prayed to God for your children, for your grandchildren, for your spouse, for your loved ones, the situation in your life. God, I've been praying for them for 50 years. Don't give up. The effectual, fervent prayers of a righteous person availeth much. The same prayers you prayed back then are just as powerful today. He hears your prayers. They're powerful. It moves the head of God. It breaks the strongholds of the enemy. It opens up and makes a way where there seems to be no way when you pray. The time on your knees back then are just as effective today. I need some prayer warriors in this church. Amen? The kingdom of God needs prayer warriors again. Don't you stop praying. The same God that you prayed to back then is the same God who will come through for you today. Has God come through for you in your life? Amen? Yes? And amen? If He's come through in your life, let me hear an amen. amen. That same God that came through back then is going to come through today. He's not changed. Pray. Pray without ceasing. Pray. Pray and believe. Pray and grab hold of the horn of the altar. Don't give up. Pray. It's a weapon that God has given us and it's just as powerful today as it was back then. The same faith that you had that connected to your prayers as you cried out to God in your deep struggles back then is still the same faith that we can pray today. The same times of fasting that you devoted to God back then are just as powerful today too. Fasting makes a difference. Fasting sets our lives apart in a way that nothing else does because we deny ourselves whatever it is that we're fasting. A lot of times it's food. But for some of us it may be social media. For some of us it may be television. For some of us it may be some other things that are out there. That what, Here's the deal with fasting. Whatever has got you, give it to the Lord. I don't know what's got you. But when you fast it, when you say, Lord, I give you that that has me, I give it to you. And in place of it, I spend time with you. I'm going to fast that and I'm going to pray to you. Fasting and prayer are integral together. They, they go hand in hand. Fast, give up, give to the Lord that thing that's got you. And then say, Lord, in place of that, I want you to get me. I want to be got by you. Right? So that I'm not controlled by anything or anybody but you. I'm going to fast and pray. I'm going to give this to the Lord. 
Denying yourself and devoting yourself to God still reaps massive benefits today. As it did back then. Nothing's changed. God honors our fasting just as much today, right now, as he did back then. The same weapon that worked back then still works today. Different fight. Same weapons. I'm not sure what you're battling here today. It does seem like things are getting more and more intense as we near the return of Christ, doesn't it? But the same weapons that you used back then, hear me, the same weapons that you used back then in your struggles, in your confusion, in your need, in your in your as you're being distraught, as you're being distraught, they're just as powerful in waging and winning the battles that you're facing right now, today in your life. Nothing is different. The battle is different. The weapons are the same. There's nothing new under the sun. God has given us all that we need to be successful, to be victorious. Amen. <clears throat> Sometimes I think we just need to be reminded of it, don't we? It may be a different fight, but God has given us all that we need to fight and to win. The weapons have been there the entire time. The weapon that cuts the giant's head off back then is right there to do it again. I don't care what kind of giants you have in your life. You got what you need to cut that head off and be victorious against all odds. It's time to pick those weapons up again, folks. Time to pick those weapons up again and use them as we face these daily battles. Jesus' name, Jesus' blood, Jesus' spirit, Jesus' word, prayer, fasting. Those are the weapons. What do you need to pick up today? What do you need to use? What giants are you facing? What do you pick them up? There is none. Like it. I'll take it. Yeah. Just stand with me this morning. Would you all stand this morning as you bow your heads. Lord, we thank you today for the reminder that even though we may be facing new battles, new enemies, it's manifesting itself in different ways. <clears throat> Ultimately, we know that those enemies go is to steal, kill, and destroy. Because the enemy is not a person or a thing. It's Satan himself, and he manifests himself in different ways. We can't battle these things in our own strength. None of us are strong enough or smart enough. None of us have the resources that we need in the physical to battle and win against the enemy, against the giants in our life. It's only Jesus in your name. It's only Jesus in, with your blood. It's only in your spirit. It's only with your word. It's through fasting and prayer, these, these weapons that you've given us. Father, we, we thank you that as we run to these different places and try different new things, Lord, we realize that they're not working. You're reminding us today, sometimes we need to pick up them old swords to fight the new giants in our life. It's the same weapons that you've given the body of Christ that have been just as effective over the thousands of years that the church has been in existence. Lord, remind us today again.
to stand and to call out your name, to speak the name of Jesus into every situation. The authority that is in your name, Lord Jesus. There's no greater name, the Bible says. There's no higher name in all of creation, in all of the universe. Jesus, your name is paramount. Your name is the name of every knee will bow, every tongue confess, the demons tremble. Lord, help us to use your name, to speak your name into those situations, those giants. Lord, we're not going to depend on our smartness or our relationships or our possessions. We're going to not trust in the horses and the chariots, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. We're going to call the name of Jesus into, speak the name of Jesus over those things. Help us, remind us to pick up that sword. Father, remind us that your blood is just as powerful today to cleanse us, to wash us. It's that blood, that perfect blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary, just as effective, just as powerful, just as potent today. It's not been diminished in any way. Lord, we rely on your blood. And we thank you that by the strong blood of Jesus, by the potent blood of Jesus, by the pure blood of Jesus, by the final sacrifice and the shed blood of Jesus, we're saved today. We're saved today. We're born again. We're a child of God. We're washed clean of our sins because of your shed blood. Thank you, Lord. Help us to pick up that old, that old weapon of your blood and speak the truth of what the blood represents in our lives from every giant that tries to face us that says otherwise, that comes against that truth. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Oh, help us to pick up that sword, that weapon of your spirit, and to be spirit-filled, spirit-empowered, spirit-led men and women of God daily. Lord God, that we would be led by your spirit and emboldened by your spirit and speak the name that's above every name into situations with that boldness, with the discernment, with the authority that this Holy Spirit gives us. Help us to pick up that weapon of the Holy Spirit as we've never done before. We thank you that that same spirit that was just as powerful in our lives back then and intervened back then and did what he did back then is right here today. Again, not diminished in any way. Help us, Jesus, to pick up that weapon. Thank you for your word, Lord. Help us to pick up your word and use it. It's our only offensive weapon that we have. We're going to slice up the lies of the enemy. Father, don't let us receive the lies of the enemy and listen to what the world has to say. Father, help us to pick up your word and let it be truth to us. Let it be a foundation for us upon which we build our lives. Help us. Help us to let your word be the final authority. In our lives, that same, that same good old weapon that's always been there. We're going to pick it up because there is none like it. Thank you, God, that even in this weapon right now that we're using prayer. Father, let us pray and let it be more than just a patty cake prayer. More than just a lick and a promise prayer. More than just a passing glance but Father, let us grab hold of the horns of the altar. Let us engage. Let us use the weapon of prayer to come against the enemy. We know the only thing that's that, 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 that what we see happen in the physical has its beginnings in the spiritual. And the only thing that's going to happen is if we start it off by prayer. We want to see things change, Lord. Help us to realize that it starts with prayer. It starts with us putting our faith in you, Lord God. 
that you're fighting our battles for us, that you're, that you're facing the giant's for us, that you're telling us which stones to pick up to sling at it, that you're telling us the, the, the strategy. And you're confusing the enemy through our prayers. You're, 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 you're pulverizing the plans of the enemy. You're confusing the plans of the enemy. You're defeating the plans of the enemy. As we pray, Lord God, help us to pray. Help us to pray without ceasing. To pray, Lord God, with passion, with faith, and belief, Lord God, that you are a the God, the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. And you have, again, the ultimate authority in our lives. We pray against those giants right now. In fact, I pray against every giant that anybody in this place is facing. Father, I'm not just I'm not just praying for them, but we pray together. And I join with those that are praying right now saying, God, I just can't stand this anymore. i got a giant in my life. I can't handle it anymore. God, I join with their faith right now. And I pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, by your blood, by your spirit, by your word, those giants are defeated and destroyed and dead. We cut, we sever the heads of the giants off with that powerful weapon that you've given us. Times of fasting and praying, Lord God, are so important. Help us to take hold of fasting again and join it with prayer and put our faith engaged, knowing that you are taking care of these things as we honor what your word says to do. We lay aside those things that got us and that you would get us instead. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus, with these things. Thank you for the reminder today. Now, with every eye closed and head bowed and no one looking around and the Christians praying, I want to make an invitation to anybody that's here today as we begin to conclude this service. But I don't want to end this service without giving you that are watching and you that are here an opportunity to receive Jesus. Maybe you've drifted away. There's things in your life that you've not uh, done. The things that you've done that have not been pleasing to the Lord. And, or maybe you just come because you're here with a friend and you don't even know why you're here. Well, I know why you're here. You're here to hear this message and you're here to receive this invitation and you're here to make a decision today. Souls are hanging on the ballast, Christians, and I really need you to just intercede right now and take that weapon of prayer and intercede for souls right now. You see? So, if that's you and you want to ask Jesus in your heart, and you know, you're hearing this in the Holy Spirit, you, you, there's something going on inside of you, you're not sure what it is. I'll tell you what it is. It's the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart. It's the Holy Spirit convicting you, drawing you in, saying, this is truth. This is what you need. This is the right choice. This is the right path to walk. And I'm inviting you to receive Jesus into your heart. And I hope you'll say yes. I hope you say, Pastor, as I lift up my hand right now, I need Jesus. Won't you pray with me? I want to pray a prayer that's going to receive, to invite Jesus into my heart. If that's you this morning, lift up your hand and say, Pastor, I want to pray that prayer. I want Jesus in my heart. I want him to wash me clean of my sins. I need a Savior. I'm tired of doing this on my own. I, I need these weapons that you're talking about. Is that you this morning? Lift up your hand and put it right back down. We'll pray together. Just slip it up and put it right back down. And we're just going to pray together. It's, I'm going to wait patiently for a few moments because I know the Holy Spirit is dealing with some people and I'm not going to rush it. And I don't want to force it, but man, the Holy Spirit's working in some hearts right now. I know He is. Pastor, that's me. I, I need Jesus. Won't you, just, won't you just pray with me? Just lift up your hand. Yeah, I see that hand. Amen. Anybody else? Just lift it up, put it right back down. Say, Pastor, that's me. I need Jesus. Quickly, just quickly. Okay, we're going to the closest part out, we're getting ready to pray. Christians, keep praying. Anybody else? All right. 
want us to all pray this prayer, whether you raised your hand or not. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is King of kings, Lord of lords, God's Son, risen from the dead, <laughs> shed His blood for our sins. If you believe that, you confess it with your mouth, the Bible says you will be saved. It's an act of faith. Jesus has already done it all. The one thing that He hadn't done is come into your heart, but you have to invite Him. That's your step. Won't you invite Him into your heart today? Pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I thank You for Your name, for your blood, for your spirit, for your word. And then I can come into this time praying to you right there in your presence. And I ask you to wash me clean of all my sins. Forgive me. Make me a new creation. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And make me a new creation in you. Come into my heart. Live there. Be the Lord of my life. And I pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Now, Lord, as we continue to pray, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would seal this decision by filling each one, making what choice was made just now real into each heart. Holy Spirit, confirm right now the decision that was made, the prayer that was prayed. And I pray that you'd help us all, Lord God, to pick up the Weapons of your name, your blood, your spirit, your word, prayer and fasting, and walk out of here fully equipped to cut the heads off of every single giant that is facing us. Against all odds, you're going to be the champion. And we're going to give you the glory for it. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said amen. All God's people said amen. All God's people said amen. Amen. amen.